0: And you're listening to 106.9 Tuna FM. This is the Law Student Society Show.
1: What did we call come up with it? Look, we had a name. We've <laughs> lost the name. I'll remember the name in a minute, promise to show you. That's if she remembers it, guys. Um,
0: so we're gonna be with you for the next hour or so, talking about all the latest legal issues in the It's the UNE Law
1: Review. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. She came up with it. Did you come up with that on the spot? No, I checked the Facebook messages. I knew I'd sent it to you. Mm, There we go.
0: I just forgot to check my messages. That's my bad.
1: (laughs) It's okay, but we have a a lot of interesting stuff to talk to you about, like first week of uni back, so we've got new students, lectures have all started. That's super exciting. We've got a really cool list of events this trimester, and of course, there's been some pretty interesting law news happening around the world.
0: A lot of interesting, particularly even just in our own backyard. Yeah. Literally, Armadale's backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're going to go to Ride by 21 Pilots. And uh, you're listening to 106.9 Tune,
1: F- Tune, FM. <laughs> Tune
0: FM.
2: Tune FM, student media.
1: Q Life is a telephone and web chat service that provides peer support for LGBTI people of all ages, as well as their family and friends. So remember, if you're ever having a hard time, you can call the Q Lifeline daily from 3pm to midnight On one eight hundred one eight four five two seven, or access their web chat at qlife.org.au.
3: I just want to stay in the sun. Of peace in the sun's peace of mind. I know it's hard sometimes. Yeah, I think about the end just way too much.
0: back with 106.9 Tune FM. So we're going to get straight into some hard-hitting stuff right now. We are going to talk
1: about that conviction. The yes, That big conviction that's happened recently.
0: Well, the conviction actually took place several months ago, but there's just been a suppression order on it. So nothing could actually be reported until last week when the suppression order was lifted and we were able to find out that george pell cardinal george pell was convicted of child abuse child abuse child sexual assault well both of them
1: look <laughs> he's been convicted as a pedophile and it's it's been really interesting because i think there's been a lot of different takes on it and we've still got people who are being absolute apologists and saying he couldn't have done it, he didn't do it. I mean, we have former Prime Ministers writing character references
0: for his sentencing or appeal, one of the two.
1: Well, we we incidentally also have an Armadale priest who's... Um, I've got a news article here that's pretty exciting. And basically what he has said is that, you know... He didn't necessarily think there was enough evidence to convict and that good apples don't do bad deeds. So it's along these lines of this distrust that the legal system hasn't done the right thing and that he he isn't guilty. And then, incidentally, this same Armand bishop has directed Catholic schools to stop axing priests for working with children's checks. And I'm like, that's... That's a bit extreme, I understand that the diocese itself does have these checks on the priests, yeah. but if I was a school, I'd definitely want to make sure my bases were covered, yeah, a little bit like and it's not just
0: like that you know we shouldn't ask priests for working with children's checks It's checks it's we ask everybody f- for working with children' checks, like yeah. if
1: you're going to be around a child, we need to make sure that you have the right to be around a child, even like babysitting you do a working with children check like
0: it's just you need to cover your bases parents want their bases covered schools want their bases covered to know that the people that are going to be engaging with the children aren't going to be engaging in any other deeds um but going back to sarah's point about how there's a lot of distrust of the legal system there's been a lot of talk about the evidence that convicted George Pell, and whether that was actually enough to convict him. I mean, obviously, thirteen of our peers, because they're our peers. We are all peers in the legal community. Um, our peers thought that the evidence was enough to convict him, and you've you've got to know that they've got to be unsuaded. Uns- unbiased so they can't have been influenced by the media or anything which is again why we had that suppression order but there's still a lot of questioning about whether that evidence was enough to convict and George Pell's legal team seems to think so too as they have submitted an appeal and a date has been set for June so George's uh, George Pell's appeal will be taking place in June. So,
1: But there's been some pretty crazy and outlandish things apparently reported. Um, this one particular article, and it's on the Irish Times, so that's not a, a news source that I usually see, but it, it's come up, and it says, Pell's lawyer says Cardinal's abuse of child was plain vanilla sex. And I I honestly, I don't know what to make of that. I feel that our system should have come a long way in victims' rights. So today, we shouldn't be A, re-blaming the victim or B, slandering the victim, especially when said victim was a 13-year-old boy. So I I find that one unbelievable. So I've got the full quote right in front of me.
0: So... Part of the, George Pell's legal team, actually, I think he stepped down as, as part of his legal team now, so his former legal team, Richter, tried to argue there were no aggravating circumstances to one of the offences. It was no more than plain vanilla sexual penetration case where the child is not actively participating, he told the court.
1: I don't know about you, but that actually sounds like an admission. <laughs> Well, yeah. To me, that sounds like yes, that crime did occur. Uh, He uh, he committed a sexual act to a minor who cannot give
0: consent. That sounds a lot like child sexual assault, because sex, as we all, well, as law students know, just because someone doesn't say, like going into the consent issue here, consent can't be given if you are drunk, even if you just say don't say yes. There's still not really consent. It has to be
1: enthusiastic consent. Yeah. Or if they're under sixteen. Or if they're suffering from a mental or intellectual disability. Being that this these children that we're talking about are sort of between ten to fourteen. A lot of them are under the Dolly Income Pax age, which is the age that we say they can be criminally responsible. So it's this particular psychological and developmental age that um, I guess different practitioners and the law has seen as a person being developed enough to understand, to commit a crime or to understand a lot of other things, which is why if a case has a child who is 10 to 12 it's prosecuted prosecuted different to if they are under 10 for sexual assault so he's um he's picked on children that basically only just understand what's going on they they barely understand what's and going on and then some of the 13 year olds i mean they're still children developmentally they're not even close to being adults And to say this vanilla sex thing, it it really particularly bothers me because I feel like we need to have some shaming of Fifty Shades of Grey where terms like vanilla have come about and it's got into our everyday, um, I guess, jargonal use.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think about like everyday, like you're talking with your mates.
1: But it, it, some, saying something like plain vanilla sex, that's making it seem like it's an everyday thing. It's fine. It's, it's normal. Yeah, like it's just something that happens. It's, yeah. a, it's a predilection, you know, it's just what he's into. And I'm sorry, but that is not what any consensus says is okay, it's not acceptable behaviour in Australia, it's not acceptable behaviour in, you know, any of the Commonwealth countries. So I don't understand how a lawyer would think that saying something like that, which is A, prejudicial, but B, basically disgusting, is something to say as a defence. Further to that statement, he also tried to
0: suggest that an incident in which Pell grabbed one of the boy's genitals in an attack that lasted seconds was fleeting and not worthy of jail sentence. That is so dismissive. The
1: the judge thankfully disagreed. Well, look, I honestly think that that's basically enough to me wanting to have him up on a review, you Mm -hmm. know. Should New South Wales as a state allow people to be a lawyer who say things like that? Here's a question for you maybe we'll talk about that in professional conduct (laughs) (laughs) maybe
0: um but yeah so i'm just skimming another article um about how the doubters outcry over the verdict is actually disrespectful to the jury and to our legal system our criminal legal system is based on the fact that you are found guilty based on the evidence that is demonstrated to a um, the 12 of your peers.
1: 12? 13? <laughs> Look, we're only law students. You can forgive us for some slight mistakes. Um,
0: It's been a while since I did criminal law, but, guys.
1: But the point is that he's been f- tried. The trial seems to be pretty fair. He's been convicted and a sentence kind of was handed down. Like I think a sentence was handed down, but he is appealing. He's appealing. So, like, I mean, it's handed down at this point, but it's not sure so it, it's one to keep your ears out
0: on and just we'll, I,
1: we'll get back to I've you. I've also heard like there's a lot of apologists that are Catholic. I can say oh, I'm Catholic and I'm not saying sorry for him. He um he needs to go to prison. He needs to be punished. Yeah, so yeah, so might get some music back on after all that heavy yeah. ranting about a very bad
0: person. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ranting in this studio tonight, and we apologise for that. Um, you are going to be listening to "Shallow" by Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Speaking of, did anyone watch that Oscars performance? Because oh, that that was that, that was some acting. <laughs>
4: was
0: it? <laughs> um, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM.
4: Tell me something
0: And you're listening to 106.9 FM. I may or may not have screamed, sung that song in the studio.
1: Please send help.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so
0: I know we said that we were done talking about Pell.
1: But we're never done with ranting.
0: <laughs> we're not. As I was closing my tabs on um, of George Pell articles, I came across one that I had missed as I was scrolling through them previously. And I think it's actually a really good topic to talk about and it's going to lead us into a really interesting debate which Sarah actually has a lot of statistics on and she didn't even need to google them so I'm proud of her thank you (laughs) so as we know George Pell was convicted um for like found guilty for two alleged sexual assaults in St Patrick's Cathedral in
1: 1996 I was one
0: I was born. That's
1: good. Okay, so we're relevant. <laughs> um, so,
0: so that's what he was charged with. He wasn't charged with conspiracy to pervert the course of justice or hiding pedophile priests or concealing evidence that could convict him. He was charged with actually assaulting them. So, you know, he's in that ring of pedophilia. Um, he's denied these allegations. And the evidence that was used that that the jury found him guilty on... Is the testimony of one of these boys, just one of them, that he was molested in a crowded church? Pell was also convicted in relation to the second boy. I'm taking this directly from the article now. That and although he, so he was convicted for two boys. One gave a test uh, testimony. One although, had previously denied ever being molested, did not make a complaint and was not interviewed by police or examined in court and he died in 2014. So Pell was found guilty beyond reasonable doubt on one piece of evidence. There was no forensic evidence, that a pattern of behaviour or a confession. It's astonishing. I'm not saying that that conviction shouldn't have taken place. I'm not. What I'm saying is... It's, it's weak Legal yeah. evidence on the second case. Yeah, and it's astonishing that this conviction took place given the statistics that we have on other sexual assault cases. Um and I'm I mean, going to segue into Sarah
1: here. Yeah? So, sexual assault cases in New South Wales specifically, we have about an estimated between fifteen and twenty percent reporting rate. So, out of all of the sexual assaults that happen, less than twenty percent are actually reported. And of that, we have a conviction rate usually between eight to fifteen percent. So, they're quite low. That's better than some other states where there's other states that you know historically had a conviction rate of one point eight percent. And criminologists really start to have a bit of a look about where these trends come from. And a lot of it is obviously non-reporting because people don't think they'll be believed. Or in the case, now this is just me, you know, having a little psychological opinion on the boy that had passed away in 2014, rather than the man, um it's really difficult for male victims to come forward. It's really difficult for them to say this happened. It can sometimes, you know, they're they're seen or they feel like they might be seen as lesser men or that it shouldn't have happened to them. And none of these things are correct. Like we should never let males feel like their victimisation is okay and that it has to be hidden because it's not. But they also can be afraid of like repercussions from peers. And when it's someone like a cardinal, that's your community, that's your peer network. So it's someone who's in his support network. It's going to be very difficult to come out as a child and speak against that person. Mm. So I'm not saying whether or not I should make a decision on the validity of that evidence. I obviously haven't seen it. But I would tend to say that even the evidence of the boy saying I wasn't assaulted, I wouldn't necessarily believe that 100% with any other evidence that could be contrasted against it because it is difficult for victims to come out and speak
0: it's absolutely difficult for victims to come out and speak and those victims who do come out and speak there's often a conception that they're not going to be believed that, a or court that they're doing it for
1: money is one that you hear all the time and that the
0: court won't the court won't believe you against like a pillar
1: of the community sort
4: of thing. Yeah.
0: Or like you have no other evidence. It's just your word against his or, um, or your word against hers, just to throw throw the evenness there, because it does happen. Um, and now and now that there's this been there's been this conviction that is based off one witness statement, it's changing the mindset of how we look at sexual assault cases.
1: I am just going to have to hazard that there must have been some evidence that's not being reported in the news for that second case, otherwise it wouldn't have been taken to trial. You can't just be like, here's a boy who's dead... Um, He was sexually assaulted. He said he wasn't, but convict. That doesn't (laughs) quite add up to me. Doesn't add up to me either. I think that there was something there, whether it was a report that he'd filed after that, which is what I think it might have been, like a victim impact statement.
0: Yeah. Um, And his family have definitely um, made statements. The boy's family have definitely made statements.
1: Which, you know, goes around that hearsay rule and that's really interesting.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, hearsay and after the, like, after the, conviction was announced that like they know what he was going like all that suffering he was going through without telling them or something like that i didn't actually read that article i was looking for the legal stuff (laughs) um but yeah so basically um we like have this change in how we can convict sexual assault cases and it's really it's going to be interesting moving forward to see if These cases will come, like, if other sexual assault cases, not child sexual assault, but, like, any sexual assault, if these case, if they can be convicted based off one witness statement, so...
1: Hopefully we can also start to get some good change in my my passionate area where we start to allow uh, offender history to come in to show pattern evidence. Because
0: pattern evidence is a very big thing. I know I'm actually a little annoyed with myself. I was very busy yesterday at work. I wanted to go to the evidence and proof lecture because I'd spoken to the lecturer and she said that she was going to use this issue as like the opening topic for her lecture and I'm like
1: really want to go to that but i just
0: don't have time work is too busy
1: yeah look work is pretty intense but we're going to put another song on before we talk about your request look i don't know (laughs) anyone else got a request i I can't hear you (laughs) um i'm
0: just going to go for a classic for mine at least
1: if it's a bad song choice, you should definitely write into the UNE Law Society Facebook page and give us some better ones because Sophie's on the computer tonight. She's <laughs> running the desk. Who knows what she's going to put on? I'm sorry. It might be. Is it? Is it Tequila by Shay? It is, isn't it? All right.
4: Here
0: we go, guys. It's Tequila by Dan and Shay. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM.
2: still shut down the party. I can hang with anybody. I can drink whiskey and red wine, champagne and all that. Little scotch on the racks, and I'm fine, I'm fine. But when I taste tequila, baby, I still see you. Cutting up the floor to sorority t shirt. The same one you were when we were sky
0: you're back with 106.9 Tune FM. I forgot to give Sarah a warning that we were coming back. (laughs) It's alright, I'm back, I'm back. Um, So we are going to jump to one of Sarah's topics that she's prepared for tonight and I'm going to let her start it off while I queue up some songs so we don't have (laughs) a repeat of last break.
1: So I was reading today little bit about there's been some calls whether or not sperm donors should be legally classified as parents so I guess my first thing that I'd like to maybe have a talk about it is if you look under the the, just the normal dictionary definition of donor what does that mean Someone who donates. You give something. You're not asking for anything back. There's no rights or obligations that are being entailed with a donation other than possibly a tax write-off. Don't think that's how we should be thinking about children. So (laughs) if we go back a step or two, should someone who donates sperm have any rights to that child? No, because they've donated. So then why should they be classed as a parent? I mean, I understand that possibly when it comes down to health care and, you know, medical history, I can understand that children might want to know who the actual biological parent is. And that's understandable. That's completely understandable. They also might want access to that health health information in regards to like congenital heart defects or cancer history, all that sort of stuff. That definitely makes people want to know. But if you're donating, are you signing up for a child 20 years down the line to come find you? I
0: don't think you are a lot of as I was watching friends. <laughs> <laughs> Episode where Monica goes to go get a sperm donor to um so that she can have a kid after she's broken up with Richard and then Joey has also donated sperm um to the sperm bank and it says that like he, like he's donated like the way it's phrased is that he's donated like a few samples, um, in which case you don't want multiple kids showing up 20 years down the track.
1: There's been a movie about that. It's got Vince Vaughn in it and he ends up with like 200 children. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, you should watch it. (laughs) I forget the name of it, but you should find it. Um, But the bigger issue is that it was the Attorney General who's just like, maybe they are parents. Legally, are they parents? Biologically, they are. And I guess that concerns me. Are you going to donate, you know, I don't know, 8 eight sperms, eight donations of sperm rather, not just eight. Sorry, there's people that have that as a problem and I'm not talking about that. Um, anyway, you've donated and then 15 years later, you're getting hit up with a bill for child maintenance for eight children. Is that fair? Would people still continue to donate? Sophie, do you think they would?
0: I don't think so. They, they've signed up to do this out of, as far as I see it, they've signed up to do this out of their own good like they're out of the goodness of their heart. And there's they're
1: so many people who maybe can't have children by themselves but they really would be good parents and they really want it. I don't want them to be negatively affected by a rule like that.
0: And other things as well, like you've got to think about like gay couples, like lesbians, they, they use sperm donors so that they can have kids because two eggs don't make...
1: Yep. Yep. They don't have the correct matching alleles, yes.
0: <laughs> but they still love each other and they want to have a child. And adoption or foster care may not be the route they want to go. One of them may want to actually carry a child. And it shouldn't be fair it shouldn't be on them to have to include a third parent in the mix when there's already two parents.
1: And the thing is that comes down to later on is that third male biological parent able to say, Well, no, sorry, I want access to my child. If we're saying they're a parent, we need to really know where that line stands. But there was one other topic I wanted to have a quick talk about before I have to run away. She's she's
0: leaving me for 15 minutes, so you're going to get me. (laughs) Lord knows what you're going to have to listen to, guys.
1: From the UK, Jeremy Corbyn has pledged to repeal 19th century law, which criminalises rough sleepers if Labor gets into government. So basically, 600 homeless people died last year. It was uh, spoken about. Um, And they're basically saying that there's been a 24% rise in deaths over five years. And they're looking at ways how can they stop that? Because apparently Westminster Tube Station has a bunch of homeless people that sleep there. Oh, yeah, it does. It's really not safe.
0: From, From personal experience, having been there, yeah, there's a lot.
1: And so, so I completely understand that. Labor want to remove the Vagrancy Act from 1824, yes, it's nice and current, from the statute book, which makes it a crime to beg as well as sleep rough on Britain's streets. And... I mean, it's really, really difficult when you look at the fact that homeless people, some are there by choice, but not many. Usually it's, you know, mental health issues, they've got social issues, or they're physically ill, or, you know, bad circumstances have meant that they have no money. We need to be looking at having correct infrastructure to ensure that these people are safe and catered for and supported, not saying it's a criminal act. I mean... Around the world we're talking about decriminalizing marijuana and everyone's supporting that but I don't understand why we haven't figured out that homeless people probably shouldn't be put in jail for being homeless maybe they should be given some soup and a blanket instead yeah we've got that pretty
0: pretty understood in some places but in other places it's just
1: we do but have you been to Circular Key recently no hmm. so in Circular Quay, all of the benches, instead of having normal benches you sit on, they're all sloped so people can't lay on them to go to sleep. So in what we've done, rather than criminalising, we do things with our architecture to make it uncomfortable or impossible for homeless people to sleep in areas that we don't want you know, the public or tourists to see. Mm. And I'm like, so you're pushing them back to Skid Row and I mean, definitely LA saw how well that went. So apparently we're slow learners. Hmm. Um. Thank you for that, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back next week with some more, you know, international issues I have problems with. (laughs) Um, But before you go, I want you to do a little description on your event this trimester. Okay. Well, my event this trimester, I'm going to have a local legal community meet and greet. We're going to get some invites out to local law firms, try and get uh, our lecturers as well. And obviously, the Law Society will be there. And our graduates. And our graduates
0: as well. Because it's
1: the same day as law graduation. Yep. So we're going to try and start building a community so you can network. Um, You can talk to other people about their experiences, talk to people who are in the field as well. And hopefully hopefully start to feel like you're not just that lonely little law student with too many textbooks.
0: That's me and I'm going in and that was me in class today. I was like, "Oh, I don't recognize any faces in here, but that's because I'm old."
1: That's okay. I'm doing international criminal law and I'm currently I didn't have a lecture up, but I did have my assignment up, so I started to look at my assignment and I'm just a confused, sad law student now. That's me. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to say goodnight to everybody. I know it's early, so go back and study um, or have dinner or, you know, something productive. (laughs) Well, I'm going to
0: keep you around. So I'm going to talk to you about the rest of the LSS events we have coming up this trimester. But I'm going to stop talking. Okay. I'm going to give you a little song break. Bye, guys. (laughs) And Sarah's off. You have A side by Be- Benny Belano and Halsey and Khalid coming up. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM.
4: just wanna leave tonight. We can go anywhere we want. Drive down to the coast, jump in the sea. Just take my hand and come with me, yeah. We can do anything if you put a mind to it. You take your whole life, then you put a line through it. My love is yours if you're willing to take it. Give me a heart, you i set, gonna break it. So come away, started starting today take Starting the lights together in a different place.
5: I guess came to be so baby, run away me Seventeen, and we got a dream I have a family, a house, and everything in between And then uh, suddenly, we're 10-23 And now we got pressure for taking our life more seriously We got a dead end jobs and got bills to pay Have old friends and now our enemies And now I'm thinking back to when I was young Back to the day when I was falling in love He used to meet me on the east side In the city where the sun don't set Every day you know where we ride through the back streets in a blue Corvette, cool And baby you know I just wanna live
0: And you're back with Sophia on 106.9 Tune FM. So I'm just going to plug some of the LSS events so that you finish tonight on a high with what we have planned for the trimester instead of us finishing on a low with you know something like George Pell um so next week that's right guys next week we have our trivia night and you know that may sound really dull and boring we're going to ask you lots of legal questions and we are in a way we're going to ask you questions about legal TV shows. So, Legally Blonde, Suits, Rake, The Castle, How to Get Away with Murder, To Kill a Mockingbird, we're going to ask them all. Every three rounds, 45 questions. Sounds a lot, I know. But they're really fun. And you guys are just going to love it. Like, it's you you get to finally show off your Netflix binging skills. Come on, guys. How fun is that? I know Legally Blonde, Suits, Pretty Sure Rake, Pretty Sure How to Get Away with Murder is all on the – on Netflix. On on the Netflix? (laughs) On Netflix. It's all there. So, like – you got a weekend. I know it's week, it's week one and you you know should study. And I, I'm not saying don't study. I'm just saying have these on in the background. I definitely didn't watch Lady Label on the musical last weekend in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and we have prizes to give away. So we've got tickets to cocktail party. We've got textbook vouchers. We've got it all. And it's going to be live streamed. So just because you may be sitting in your house in Sydney doesn't mean that you can't get together with some friends in Sydney and they don't even have to be UNE students. It can be like your mum's book club um, on that gets together on a Monday night. Get your book club together. Get your friends from your local town together. Come up, just one of you, watch the live stream and c- join in it'll be a great night it'll be fun and we're going to make it fun even for those of you who are external we're going to call on you here and there find out what you guys are going to be doing i'm going to be emceeing so you know wish me luck <laughs> um but for those on campus it's going to be gold coin at the door um we would love for you to register your teams online so we know how many people we're expecting because you know we don't want to run a trivia night with only one team that's just a bit that's not fun but it's only like six people to a team hell you can just have one of you there I I don't really care so register online the link is on the event yes we have a Facebook event it is UNE Law Student Society Trivia Night when my Facebook decides to cooperate I will be able to get the full name for you yeah, UNE Law Student Society Trivia Night. Tick that you're going, click on the link. It should be in your news feeds. Come and just check it out. We would love to have a fantastic first night, for you, first event for you guys. We want to make it as fun and inviting for you as possible. There's going to be cocktails for you available in the... For those of you coming up to the stro and for those of you at home, we'll, we might see if we can give you the recipe for those cocktails. So just come along, check it out, see what the LSS is all about. We would love to see you all there tonight, um, next Monday. So that's event number one. Then coming up later this trimester, as Sarah said, we have her meet local legal community meet and greet evening In May, we have our careers week. It is being presented by the College of Law this year. So College of Law is going to be here. For those of you in your fourth or fifth year, talk to them. Fantastic PLT. I can't words anymore. Fantastic PLT provider. My housemate went through them. My friends have gone through them. They've all loved doing their PLT through College of Law. Not a sponsored post, not a sponsored thing but they're just fantastic they're the best one of the best plt providers so come and obviously we'll have many other events we are actually going to discuss it all tomorrow night at our meeting so we're going to have a full schedule hopefully for you sorted within a week or so which you know that'll take a lot of stress off me then finishing our eve our cocktail our careers week is our cold to the bar evening. So it is our annual cocktail party. It's going to be a fantastic event. It's going to be just a nice, relaxing way to finish off the week with all these people who have you seen throughout the week who have been talking to you and telling you, you get to just chat with them informally. I know that sounds really scary as like a first or second year, but it's not. They're just, they like to have fun just as much as you. So just come along, check it out. And I forgot to give you guys dates. (laughs) So the careers week is the 3rd to the 5th of April. And then the call to the bar evening is on the 5th of April. So we really can't wait to see you all um, at these events. Our head of school is going to be our guest speaker at the call to the bar evening. And it will be another way for you to get to know him He is fantastic with getting to know students. He loves having chats with the students throughout the hallways and stuff. He, my first meeting with him was 15 to 30 minutes. I think it ended up being an hour because we just kept chatting. (laughs) So come along, check it out. Um, So that's just our trimester one events. We have so much more planned for trimester two. It's insane. We really can't wait to get to know you guys throughout this year and we hope to see you at all of our events. You are listening to 106.9 Tune FM, up the UNE Law Review. I'm Sophia, the President of the Law Society. And up next we have I Want to Break Free by Queen and Ticket to LA by Brett Young. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. This is what we do at Tune FM. So fight.
2: So far. So far. So Tune FM.